Romans chapter 14, and we'll start in verse number 1. By the time the service is over tonight, we'll have gone through the entire chapter of Romans chapter 14. And it deals with something here that I believe has caused a lot of, a lot of unnecessary controversy and division amongst some Christians. Or I guess we could say rather it deals with the things that does cause controversy among Christians. You know, let's go ahead and start reading here. We'll read the first few verses in Romans chapter 14, and then we'll talk about what those things are, and we'll ask the Lord for his help as well. Romans 14, verse number 1, the Bible starts off with this. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. For he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. Our Lord, again, I do ask that you would help us understand this passage clearly tonight. Lord, give us all clarity of thoughts and clarity of hearts. And Lord, again, I ask that you would be honored and glorified in it all. For it's in your name we ask it. Amen. Folks, I want to kind of draw a picture to your mind. Have you ever wondered why there are so many different Christians and so many different churches that, boy, they'll, they'll read the same Bible, they'll preach the same message of salvation, but boy, why do some of them do so many things so differently? Have you ever wondered why some churches, they'll say, oh, if you're really a Christian, you ought to dress this way. Or if you're really a Christian, you ought not to dress this way. Or if you're a Christian, you ought to go to these places, but boy, you should never go to those places. And boy, when you go and you talk to this person, this person, a lot of times they'll have a lot of different opinions. You ever wondered where that stuff kind of comes from? And furthermore, how come when one person says one thing that maybe you look in the Bible and you're trying to figure out, boy, where does that come from? When they say that, why do they go so far as to say, oh, you shouldn't do it either? And then you're looking in your Bible and you're trying to figure out, well, where does that, where does that come from? Well, why should I do it that way? Folks, part of that answer, Paul actually addresses here in this verse. And you might be thinking, well, where, where do we see that? Because he's talking about people that eat meat and people that eat herbs and then people that give God thanks for this and not give God thanks for this. You know, sometimes people are, I guess we could say they're easily offended, aren't they? And then sometimes people just simply don't understand the word of God. What this scripture here is talking about, and we're going to address part of this reason, is first is talking about someone that is a weak Christian. Someone that's never, uh, never really fully understood the Bible, or boy, they come out of a background where they've never even known who Jesus is. All of a sudden, they just had someone tell them one day, hey, Jesus loves you. And they accepted Christ, and boy, they, this, is, this is a whole new world to them. They don't know anything about it. We could say that person is someone that is a weak brother. And so, folks, we're going to address where these things come from, and maybe 
what are some of the things that I should be doing and maybe some of the things I shouldn't be doing based off of what other people say? I mean, do I really have to listen to what another person's opinion is and, and listen to that even if it's not in the Bible? Well, we're going to talk about it. And I hope that I'll be able to explain this clearly this evening. And so, so stick with me. Let's look at God's word and we'll wade through some of this stuff. And I've actually kind of given this message tonight. If, if we would give it a title, and I thought this was kind of funny, if you wait till the end, you'll know why it's called this. I've given it this title, but I wanted a steak. <laughs> you, you ever wanted something to eat and you're thinking, boy, I really want a steak. And well, you get like a cheeseburger or you know, a piece of chicken or something. But you really wanted a steak. That's why this is what we've called it tonight. And I'll show you why here in a few minutes. It'll all make sense. Verse number one, the Bible says this. Him that is weak in the faith. He's weak in the faith. Verse number one, he's, he's a Christian. He believes, but boy, he's weak in the faith. Receive ye, accept him. Hey, bring him in, but not to doubtful disputations. Folks, sometimes there are people that might join, that, they, that would want to join us. They would want to come and, and know more about the Lord. But here again, we're talking maybe there's someone that's weak in the faith in the sense that Hey, maybe they've never even set foot inside a, a church of any kind ever in their entire lives. Boy, I mean, you, you tell them this is the Bible and you say, hey, uh, we want you to look in Genesis. Okay, well, well where's that? Boy, they, this person, they, they don't know. They wouldn't know who Adam is. They wouldn't know who, who Moses is. They've never heard of Jonah. They've never heard of the great fish. They're weak in the faith. And so sometimes these folks, they would be coming into church and they would have some maybe some preconceived notions about some things, and that might start to cause people to look. And, and boy, everyone that understands God's word, they see this person that's trying to figure out some stuff, and they're going to start looking at that person and say, hmm, I wonder if we should really let this person come over here and join us. I wonder if we should uh, think this person, if they really should be coming to church with us. You know, sometimes there, there have been churches, and I think they're absolutely wrong for doing this. Someone would come into a church, and they, they might not look like they do. They might not act like they do or talk like they do. And, and boy, they're just, they would avoid that person like the plague. Folks, I want to tell you, I believe that's against God Almighty. I believe that is against the things that God teaches us. He shows us that we ought to show everyone the love of Christ. We're supposed to show them that, hey, God died for you just like he died for me. And we are supposed to be loving. And just because someone is weak in the faith, because they don't understand maybe things yet, it doesn't mean we're supposed to shun them. The Bible is saying, verse number one, he that is weak in the faith, receive ye. Receive them. But not to doubtful disputations. Don't receive them in such a way where you're sitting there thinking, well, I doubt they're going to do us any good. Or I wonder why they think this way. Or I wonder why they think that way. You know, sometimes we have to, number one, understand where people are coming from. You know, I want you to think, for example, and this is, I'm going to give you an extreme example. We have to understand sometimes what people have gone through and where they've come from when they are coming into the faith, so to speak. Picture with me this extreme example. Boy, you've got a guy, let's say he was, he was in Africa, and boy, he had never heard the, the name of Jesus. And this guy, he was, he was a cannibal, and he was a headhunter. Man, he was just, he would say, he, was, he is anti-God. He doesn't know anything about the Lord at all. And then a missionary went, a missionary preached to him, showed him who Jesus was. He accepted Christ, and he got saved. And now he is completely new. 
we can't accept that guy, or excuse me, we can't expect this guy to all of a sudden, with the flip of a switch, be everything that he ought to be and everything that he should be. There's just no way that's going to happen. I can't look at this guy and expect him to start coming to church and being everything that he ought to be. He is weak in the faith. He's got a lot of growing to do. He is what we would call, as we talked about over in John 3, a baby Christian. Remember how we said when someone gets saved, it's just like a baby is being born. Man, that person is born in the spirit. They are a babe in Christ. And they've got some growing that they're going to do. That's a wonderful thing. So we see that we ought to accept a new brother with understanding and without condition. I don't think we should accept someone saying, oh, well, we're going to put conditions on whether or not you can, you know, you can join us or, or fellowship with us. Now, I do, I do understand there's another passage of scripture in the Bible that says there are some things that we have to be together on. For example, I believe that it ought to be mandatory for someone, if they're going to join a church, to believe that God's word is what guides us. I think that's an important thing. If that's the case, boy, we wouldn't even be able to say that person would be in the faith at all. If a person doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that person's not even in the faith at all. They're not a weak Christian. Then, boy, they're not even a Christian. We're talking about those that are in the faith already, but, but they're weak in that manner. So we ought to accept those people with understanding of where they come from and without condition, help them to grow. And here's something else that people start to do. Look at verse number four. Here's what happens, and I believe another place that sometimes Christians, people of God, they get off base. We're supposed to, one, accept the new brother, but look at number four. Who art thou to judge another man's servant? You know, every Christian, ultimately, he's a servant of God. He's a servant of God. He's not the servant of another man. He's a servant of God. So Paul, what he's asking, in this day, you know, usually very wealthy people, they would have servants, right? And if you have one guy over here, he's got some servants. And then this fellow over here, boy, he's got some servants. Why would this man judge this guy's servants and Paul is kind of asking that question he says who are you who art thou that judges another man's servant to his own master he standeth or falleth yea he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand you know who we're all going to stand before one day we're going to stand before God you, you know who's going to judge me for the things that I do God is you know who's going to judge all of us individually? God is. Folks, it's, it's not my place to judge what, what anyone does or how anyone acts. What I can do is look in the Bible and say, hey, the Bible says this is right. The Bible says this is wrong. And I can spread the message of God. But it's not my place to judge someone else in this way. It's not my place to judge another uh, brother, the Bible says. So what happens is verse number five, it says, one man esteemeth one day above another and another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So there's two things that we can judge one another on and that whether we should or not, that, that this is different. This is the two areas. One, I can judge what a person is doing in the sense of, hey, the Bible says this is right. The Bible says this is wrong. If someone is, if they go out and they commit murder, obviously, I can look at the Bible and say, okay, yeah, 
That was wrong. You messed up, man. There, there, there's no doubt about that. That's not me casting judgment. That's not me passing judgment on that person. That's just a fact. So that's an area we can see, yep, hey, that's what the Bible says. But you know, there are some things, we would say things that are non-essential, things that aren't clear in the Bible. Boy, people really take these things to heart. They take them a lot farther than they should. And here's one of those things. Verse number five, one man esteemeth one day above another. Hey, this guy, he's saying one day is some days are better than other days. But another esteemeth every day alike. So you've got one guy, he thinks that some days are better than others. There's good days, there's bad days. And this fellow over here, he just says, you know what? All days are exactly the same. And Paul, he doesn't even give an answer to which one's right. But what he says is verse number six, he that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, now he's talking about food, eateth to the Lord, for he that giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. What Paul is saying is, regardless of which one of these two people are, the fact is they're offering it to the Lord. They're giving thanks to the Lord. So sometimes we make such a big deal over these non-essential things and maybe we want other people to think the same way we do we start to cast this judgment on others over things that really aren't that big of a deal things that really we can't necessarily prove from the bible and boy i'm going to talk about some of those things here in just a minute so we start to see that this thing uh, is we start to pass judgment on some of these these things and I want to show you one of them that he specifically talks about, and then you'll know why I talk about steak a few minutes ago. So we have to, one, we have to accept new Christians. Boy, accept them for who they are. It doesn't mean that, that we're okay with sin, but it means we accept them where they are, just like Christ did, and we want to help them grow. We want to help them grow in the Lord. And it's not our place to judge them on things that are non-essential, especially if the Bible doesn't say anything about it. But then number three... And this will be the last one, and we'll spend most of our time here. We are supposed to care for a new brother. We're supposed to care for them. Start right here in verse number 10 of the same chapter, and we're going to read several of these verses. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. See, there's where God judges us. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord... Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, watch verse number 13. This is an important one. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Don't pass judgment on some of these things. But judge this rather. Oh, so there is something I'm supposed to judge. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now, when you do a little bit of history work and some background work in this passage, let me tell you about some stuff that was going on. In this day... There was some things that was going on with false idols, false worship. I mean, they were worshiping uh, the, these, well, they were false gods is what they were. And what they would do is they would take meat. 
I mean, actual meat that you eat. And they would offer it to these false gods. Now, what's a false god going to do with a piece of steak? Nothing. I mean, nothing's going to happen. It's just there. You know, I offer this to you, and then that's it. It's over. It's done with. So what are we going to do with it now? We're just going to let it spoil? Well, here's an idea. Let's take it to the market, and let's sell it. So they would take this meat that had been offered to a false god. They would bring it over here to the market. They would put it up for sale. And now this steak, this meat that is of itself, just meat, it's up for sale. And people would come by. They would buy it. They would take it home, and they would eat it. And, boy, they would, they would have a good meal. They would have a good steak. But here's what was happening. There were some weak Christians not that there's anything wrong with what they were thinking, but they were weak. These are Christians that had just gotten saved. They were part of that old idol, false god worship. And boy, now all of a sudden they're saved. And they're seeing God's people go to the market and eat the meat that was offered to the false gods. Boy, that, how, how could they do something like that? Boy, they're, they're going over there and eating this meat that was offered to false gods. Why would they do that? Boy, that offends them. That hurts them. Now, what's happening? Who in this case is right and who in this case is wrong? See, now we're starting to see where some of that friction happens. Was it wrong for a Christian to go buy this meat that had been offered to idols? Was it wrong for the other guy to say, oh, they shouldn't be doing that? Well, here's what the Bible tells us about that. That's why I wanted you to see verse number 13. He says, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Don't, don't pass judgment on people. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Folks, you know what my job is to do for a new Christian? I am supposed to consider the new Christian's needs. I am supposed to consider what might hurt them. You know, I want to kind of tell you a story. And this is, again, this is an extreme example. But I remember one time I heard a story about this man that for many, many years he was, he, he was a drunk. And I mean a drunk as in he was, he, you know, he was just, that, that's all he was, is he was just a drunk. He was a town drunk. And then he got to the point where he realized he was wrong. Boy, he, he heard about the gospel. He heard about the saving grace that Jesus Christ could offer him. And he trusted God, and he realized that was, that was wrong. He got his life turned around. And, but boy, physically, his body, it still craved that. I mean, you understand when someone's addicted to those things. And some of the old buddies he used to go off with and some of the buddies he used to drink with, they got really upset that he didn't come hang out with them anymore. And they thought, oh, this new leaf he flipped over, it's not going to last. Uh, you know, he's, he's just going through a, a Christian phase. There's nothing good going to come of this. And they started to get actually kind of upset about it. So one day while he was away from his home, some of his buddies went and bought some alcohol. And they set it on his doorstep to wait for him when he got home. And when he got back home, he saw that. And it was so tempting, of course, he opened it and he started drinking it again. Now, folks, what just happened there was his buddies put a stumbling block in his way. They gave him the opportunity to do something wrong. Now, I realize that was some unsaved people trying to make him trip and fall. But watch this. Do you realize that as Christians, sometimes we can do the same thing? I'll show you what I mean. Let's say, for example, that same guy. Boy, every Friday night, he used to go to Outback Steakhouse 
And he would go over there and he would sit at the bar and that's where he would hang out with his buddies and that's where he would go on a binge and that's where he would just, just drown his sorrows in alcohol every night at the bar at the Outback Steakhouse. Now, I want to tell you, it was probably just a couple months ago, me and my wife, somebody gave us a gift card to Outback Steakhouse. And we went, we had a blooming onion. Those things are great. If you've never had one, man, I love those things. And then we had a steak, by far one of the best steaks we'd ever eaten. And then we split a dessert together. And my wife and I can't wait till the chance we get to go back to Outback Steakhouse. Man, great food. I love it. But let me draw you a picture. Let's say, for example, this guy named Joe, the Outback is where he used to go on his binge. Outback is the place that, where he used to drown his sorrows in alcohol. That was his place of sin. And let's say he decided he wanted to, hey, he come to church and beyond that, boy, he got saved. Man, he was doing really well. Why on earth would I ever invite Joe to come eat a steak with me at Outback Steakhouse? Why would I do that? Is there anything wrong with eating a steak at Outback Steakhouse? Absolutely not. But if I drag Joe into that place where all his old buddies are, where he can see and be tempted with the old temptation and with the old sin that he used to be a part of, I am pulling him into his place of sin. At that point, I have just disobeyed verse number 13. I put a stumbling block in his way. I did something that might make him upset. So what's happening is I gave him a place to sin. I was the one that messed up. So there was nothing wrong with eating there. But I might have caused a problem. Now, what happens with Christians is, is this. And what was happening in this day was this. Paul was saying, hey, you Christians, you spiritual ones. Listen, if you're going to cause these weak guys, if you're going to cause these new Christians to stumble and fall, you better not go to that market and buy that meat. Is there anything wrong with it? Nope. It's just meat. There's nothing wrong with eating that steak. But if you do that and you cause the new Christians to stumble and fall then that's going to be on your account. I mean, they would still, of course, be accountable for their sin. But then it would also be bad for you guys to be the ones to do that. So what's happened amongst us today, we have taken some of these things and we have made so many extra rules. Some people have made so many extra rules and and taken it so far to make sure that no one's ever offended. I'll give you some of them. Did you know there are some people that would say, oh, if you're, boy, if you're a preacher... And if you wear any other color shirt other than white, well, boy, you're just, that's just a sin against God. And it sounds crazy, but I'm serious. I know people that believe and have said from the pulpit, you better not wear a shirt that's colored anything other than white. Now, I'm wearing a white shirt just because I think white looks sharp. You know? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the only reason. I know some people that say, oh, well, if you're, if you're a Christian, then if you're a guy, you better not ever wear a beard. I know some people that, honest to goodness, they believe that if you wear a beard, if you have facial hair, then, boy, that's just, that, that's just awful. You're going to cause people to, uh, to have a some, uh, stumbling block. You're going to offend somebody. Now, would that possibly be true? Maybe somewhere in the world there's someone that would be offended by the fact that a preacher would have a beard. Maybe. I mean, and, and that's the thing. They would see something like that possibility, and they would, they would want everyone to act that exact way. But what we have to do is not say, okay, here's a rule, here's a rule, here's a rule, here's a rule. We have to look at those around us and just consider this. Am I considering my weaker brethren? Folks, here's the idea. And then I'll kind of close it with this. 
Did you know that sometimes we can sin because we sin against our own conscience? That's kind of the idea. If for some reason someone here, they thought that it was a sin against God to drive a Dodge pickup. I know that's crazy. I mean, no one would ever think that, right? But if for some reason someone thought that, this scripture would be telling me that I probably better get rid of my Dodge and start driving a Ford. Just because I would want to take care of my Christian brother and sister. It is more important to look out for my Christian brother and sister's relationship with God Almighty than for me to get to drive the pickup that I want. And th- does that make sense? I know this is, this is kind of technical, but here's what he's teaching us. We have to watch out for those other people. Look with me in verse number 18. I'll show you what the Bible says, and we'll conclude with this. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And things wherewith one may edify another. Let's build one another up. For meat, destroy not the work of God. Folks, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just meat. All things indeed are pure. But it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine or anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Folks, here's here's the whole thing. We'll just bring it together with this. If someone is weak in the faith, it's our job just to look out for him, to care for him. If I knew that if there was someone here that honestly thought that, boy, a a good, solid Christian, they ought to be doing this. and, And if I saw my preacher doing this, boy, that would just hurt me to the core. As a fellow brother in Christ, I would make sure it's my absolute best to make sure that person would never see me doing it. I'll give you one one more here now and I'll close with this. I know some people personally, you know, I, I know them, that they would believe that a man, a grown man, should never, ever wear a pair of shorts. And I mean, I know that sounds kind of crazy. And if you've seen me uh, ever jogging around town, I try to run and take care of myself when I can. I'm wearing a pair of shorts unless it's, you know, 20 degrees outside. Then I'm going to wear something warm. But I, you know, I don't see any problem with that. That's, that's me. But there are some people, there are some brothers and sisters in Christ that would, if they were to see a man in a pair of shorts, for whatever reason, that would offend them and that would hurt them spiritually. That would cause them uh, to stumble. I would make it a point that if I'm ever in that person's presence, I'm going to wear a pair of pants. I mean, is it really that big of a deal? Is, is it really that big of a deal for me to, to change what I'm wearing when I'm around this person to make sure that I'm taking care of them and looking out for them? There's nothing wrong with, with the shorts or with pants or with what I'm wearing in and of itself. It's, it's material. It's a piece of cloth. And what's more important than a piece of cloth is that person's relationship with Christ. So as as a mature Christian, as a mature brother and sister, I'm going to look out for them and make sure I take care of their conscience as well. So, folks, that's what I wanted to bring up before us. Where does a lot of that stuff come from? Where do a lot of these little nitpicky things come from? Because sometimes there are some weaker brothers and sisters in Christ that might have a problem with these things. Now, whether a preacher stands up and preaches some of these things and pushes them on some others, 
you know, that, that, that may be a different story for a different time. But folks, what we understand is this. God has told us to look out for the weaker brother and the weaker sister in Christ. It's our job to lift them up, to build up one another. Let's be iron that sharpens iron. And let's do good to one another instead of doing things that might tear one another down. Let's figure out where others sometimes maybe, maybe they're struggling in an area and we can take care of them in that way. So if we could, let's just have every head bowed and every eye closed. And, and folks, to be honest, I'm really not even sure how to, how to give an invitation or sure to tell you what to take home with you tonight. But I do want to ask you this, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, you know, do you know someone around you that might be a weaker brother and sister in Christ? Do sometimes we care more about what we want than what might build up someone else? You know, maybe there might be a situation where, maybe not literally, but we would say, you know, if that's going to offend that person, then I'm not going to go to Outback Steakhouse anymore. That's why I would say, hey, but I want a steak. Well, if it's going to offend my brother and sister in Christ and hurt their relationship with Christ, then boy, I'd just rather give up something simple than to help that person serve the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, and we want to thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to adequately take this scripture and apply it to our hearts and apply it to our lives and to put you first in these things. Lord, help us to consider these others. Help us to consider the weaker brother and sister. And folks, again, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, just here very briefly, we'll just have a short hymn of invitation. This is a time for you to do business with the Lord. If there's something on your heart maybe that you need to pray about that, that didn't even have anything to do with the scripture, this is just your time to do some business with the Lord. scripture just falls back on that law of love if we could just learn not to judge one another especially on these non-essential things but if we could learn to build up each other to sharpen one another to pray for one another and to care for one another then you know these things just kind of fall into place Father, again, we just want to thank you so much for all you've done for us. Lord, thank you for the scriptures you've given us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to take these things to heart. And, and Lord, as we get ready to go our separate ways, just help us to remember to look out for one another. Lord, Lord, to care for one another and to build one another up, as you've said in the scripture, to edify one another. And not to judge those other things, but to, to judge maybe that we would put a stumbling block in our brother or sister's way. Lord, help us to be careful about that and to do things that would build us all up. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be unified together as a church, and may we look to honor and glorify you in all that we say and in all that we do. For it's in your name. Amen.